met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee. For tonight, we have a paranormal buffet on the agenda. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, Ricky from Alaska. Now then, Ricky. Hey, hey Lee. Uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> right on, man. Well, uh, yeah, hey, my name's Ricky. Um, I'm from uh, uh, Palmer, Alaska. Um, and, uh, you know, in my life, I've had a lot of experiences that happened, lots of paranormal stuff that can't be explained. And it actually started out at a pretty early age. Um, I was raised a born, I was raised a born again Christian. I was in a very strong Christian upbringing. We, we went to church every Sunday growing up. Um, over the years, I've really opened up my mind and realized that it's not about a church. It's more about an understanding and a belief in yourself and a belief in, you know, a higher power. You know, I call it God. I call it Jesus. But you know what? If, if other things work for you, like yeah. that's all that matters. Honestly, finding something that works for you is what it comes down to. So, um, so I don't know. You know, like uh, so we lived we lived in Palmer uh, on the Palmer Wasilla Highway, and I was about five or six years old, and um, a real nice house. And across the street there was this house. And before when we first moved in, there was a nice family with a with a small child that lived there, and they had a really awesome swing set behind their house. And so they'd always told us that we could go back there behind their house and play on the swings. Um, and so after they moved out, we just, me and my brother and my sister and my friend in the neighborhood all thought, you know, it'd be pretty cool to, we would go back there and we would play on the swing set and whatnot and just, you know, do frolic and do fun kid stuff. And then uh, one day we were behind there and they, it was a second story house. So the second story had like um, an, a deck, but it was like an open plan. And then there was a glass sliding door um, that had, uh, you know, so you could see into like the living room area and like the kitchen. Like, like a patio like, door, so I think. Yeah, yeah, like like a yeah. patio door. And uh, so we had, I we were swinging, and I just kind of glanced up at the up at the door, and I noticed that there was a, a man in there, and I thought that was weird because you know there in front of the house was you know signs, you know, this house is for sale, you know nobody's living here, obviously. Uh, you know, I saw him doing whatever he was doing in the kitchen area, and it kind of caught me odd. You know, kind of got a weird kind of tingle feeling. I wasn't really sure why there would be somebody in the house, but you know, five or six years old, so you're like a little bit freaked out, but at the same time, like probably shouldn't bother. You know, and then I watched the man walk across from the kitchen area to where you could see. So before it was just the top profile, so you could see the top half of him, and it was obviously a guy. And as he walks across. I see one hoof and then another hoof and then obviously the bottom half of this man is not a man, but in fact, um, a satyr or a, um, a goat. So like a pan 
or a satyr, which is like half yeah, a man, satyr, half bro, yeah, a goat god. Yeah, yeah, like a goat god. And uh, well, you can it, uh, it, it freaked me out pretty bad, you know. I was like, uh, I just looked at my brother and my my sister and our friend, and I was like, Yeah, we probably shouldn't be playing back here. Well, and uh, well, I, I remember, well, is, this, is this the where you live now? Yeah, uh, no, no. So there's so actually the name of this the it was the name of the subdivision was Shadow Mountain Subdivision. It's where we lived, and uh, it was a big subdivision, and there was a. Uh, do you know what the Sal? You guys, you have you ever heard of the Salvation Army? Have you ever heard of that before? I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there was a Salvation Army down the road from our house at the end of the road, and it was off the main highway. And then there was just you know a whole bunch of houses, and then our house was on the left side, and this house was on the right. And so it was yeah. like literally, we walk out of our driveway, walk into this other driveway, and go around the back side of the house and play on the swing set. And then you know there, and then of course you know I had the second story, and then. So I'm like five, six years old, like staring up at this window. First of all, there's a guy in this house. There's nobody who lives here. And then all of a sudden, it's not even a guy, but a goat god. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, we probably should leave. And so, um, you know, and so like, we just kind of hot-tailed it out of there and went home. But that was basically the start of which would end up being, I mean, I'm 43 years old. I'll be 44 this year. And. I've had just uh, a crazy amount of, you know, paranormal experiences in my life. Uh, some that have had to do with churches and others, not so much, but, um, yeah, you know, in, in what way? Oh, uh, what churches? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, uh, so when I think, so, so we used to do these things called lock-ins when uh, I was like 14 years old, there's this huge church in Wasilla. Um, and it was called the Assembly of God, and it was like. Did you say? Uh, tell you, mate. Did you say lock-in? Yeah, that we called them. We called they called them lock-ins, and it would be like where there would be some. Um, there would be a ton of kids, and there would be chaperones, and you would bring like you. It was awesome because what you would do is you would like get your backpack, and you get your sleeping bag, and you get your pillows, and you know your parents would pay a fee for you, and you would go to stay at this church for the night or two nights in a row, and they would feed yeah. you, and they. On like faith-based movies and comedies and you know all kinds of and they would also set up all kinds of games and um you know and it was during the height of like fear factor so like we would do like fear factor gross space challenges where they'd mix stuff with blenders and we'd drink it and you know you'd win prizes and whatnot it was it was really a lot of fun um but one of the and the style of the churches you'd walk in and then there was the entryway a long open entryway and bathrooms and then um you know, you there'd be double doors. There's three sets of double doors, and when you went in those double doors, it was a huge open like amphitheater style church. So it was like rows upon rows of chairs, and then in the front was you know the podium area. But above your head was a balcony that was open with rows of chairs. And so we would they would they came up with this game called Communist Church. And what Communist Church is uh, is basically. Like basically back in the days when people wanted to worship in communist territories, they would go to church late at night. And so they would have to sneak home to their houses without being found. And so, and the, you know, the regards out with their, you know, with their flashlights watching for people to see what was going on. If they caught them, they would be in trouble. So yeah. we, this church here was there were the kids and the kids were hiding in the dark, trying not to be found. 
And then there were the teacher, you know, the chaperones or teachers who had flashlights. And if they caught you, you know, you went back downstairs to the main area, you know, the holding area or whatever. I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot of good fun actually. Um, but anyways, so it was me and my brother and we ended up, um, on the top, the second level of the church in the, you know, in the main area. And we'd gone through one of the doors and there was a series of hallways. Now in Lee, it's dark. All the lights are turned off. So you gotta be really careful. Like you're bumping into stuff, you know, like it probably wasn't very safe <laughs> to be honest. I mean, kids could have gotten hurt, but you know, we were younger. We didn't, you know, care. And I'm guessing maybe the adults weren't that um, responsible, <laughs> but uh, so we, we, we ended up opening this door and in it, it was, it was weird because it was dark everywhere in the church. Right. But we opened up this door and there's lights on in this room and it's uh, a small child's room. So there's like, uh, like a, like a bed and a dresser, toys, stuffed animals and uh, a lamp. And, and that's weird because, you know, because it's a church, you know, it's, it wasn't like a nursery room. It wasn't like, you know, where you take your kids during the main service so that, you know, they don't make a bunch of noise and whatnot. And you can listen to whatever the pastor saying that day. Right. It was literally like somebody had built a children, a child's room in this church where somebody was living. And so we found that really weird. Like it was, you know, it was. We kind of checked it out and then we kind of, you know, went, went about like doing, you know, trying to hide. We went through, there was another door on the other side of the room. So there's a door at one end and then you have the open room with the kids set up and then another door. So we left that other door and we continued playing or come, you know, playing the game basically. Um, and, you know, we, I can't remember if we got found or not, but uh, the next morning after we were done playing communist church, me and my brother Jed were like, we should go check out to see if we can find that room. And we went, you know, as best of our ability all around, like, you know, like when, when the lights are on, you can like see everything. So we're like going to each one of the areas on the top level of the church. And we, we couldn't find that room at all. Like it didn't exist. Like it wasn't, there was no rooms that were close to it. There wasn't a room that opened up with a big open area that you'd went through another door to go into another area. It just wasn't there anymore. It's called is Assembly it, of God. Assembly oh, of right. God. Uh, part of the Assembly of God Church. It's a, I think it's a big church um, conglomerate out of the lower 48. But, uh, is, is but yeah, it's born again Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah Pentecostal. Yeah. Pentecostal. Yeah. So, uh, that was, it was pretty freaky, you know, it's like, uh, this, this room, you know, with full of kids stuff, obviously like where a child had been and, uh, then it's just like, it was never there to begin with. So that was, um, it was definitely, you know, definitely another weird experience. And, uh, me and my brother were talking about it the other day and, you know, we remembered, you know, you know, maybe we both saw the same thing and it was like, uh, you know, that can't really be explained, you know, it's like, was it, was it, a, you know, a ghost room or did we enter like another, like a, a dimension, you know, some kind of frequency that up this area? Yeah. It, I mean, I definitely, it definitely, um, you know, I, uh, so I, like I said, I did, I went to church growing up quite a bit. And, um, since we're on the, the church subject, uh, 
I actually took part in two separate exorcisms. One had to do with my best friend. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty frightening, actually. Um, You know, so that's like, I know that there's darkness out there. So that makes me believe that there is light because when you see it first, you know, know? all the the demons and all, I know it's a bit of a, I don't know, it's almost a spooky subject, but it's fucking fascinating. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I once had I once had a, a pastor tell me that that he looked at me and he said I see you sitting on a fence. He looked down at my socks first of all and he saw that I was wearing one white sock and one black sock. I was like 15 years old I think. And then he said, you know, I see you sitting on this fence, bro. And he's like, and he's like, and one leg is like on the left side and that would be like towards like God and creativity and doing what needs to be done. He's like, but the other leg is on the right side and that would be like towards turning to darkness and doing wrong things. And he's like, the thing is you would be mighty, whatever side you choose. And there's a war going on to pick which side you're going to go on. And I was like, wow, that's a lot for a 15 year old to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank thank you. uh, Weird pastor guy. But uh, I I appreciate that all, all from looking down at my socks. All right. I I just kind of like looked in the bin and I couldn't find that two that fucking matched that day. Oh, can I, can I cut? Is that okay? <laughs> so, but, um, so we, so we, we'd put together this, um, after school church thing where a bunch of us more like, um, outsider kids got together and like read the Bible and listened to music and whatnot. And there was a lady who, who, uh, it was her thing. We called it the filling station. And it was about like going there, reading the Bible, getting filled up and feeling better about your life. And, uh, my best friend at the time, his name, his name was Doug, uh, was kind of having a rough go in his life. He, um, he came from a really strong Mormon background and his parents were upset that he was, um, trying to become like a Christian. And so, uh, things were really tumultuous at his home life. And, uh, so, and his mom was, his mom's name was Pandora for lack of a better word. Like, literally her name was Pandora. And let me tell you what, oh. that was a box really did not want to open up man i'm telling right now i I, I spent a night at this guy's house and this lady told me that i was going to be ground up in the plant food and fed the plants in the garden of eden and all this weird shit and i was like what am i even doing here man i was like it's like three o'clock in the morning i don't understand why you're trying to talk to a 14 year old about this stuff So anyway, so Doug shows so Doug shows up for the for the meeting that day, and he was he was genuinely shaken. He wasn't he wasn't doing so well. He was uh, having a hard time, and I just know that the lady who ran the church service for us had said that she's like, "Me and you are going to take Doug to another church, and we're going to pray for him." And I was like, "Okay." She was like, she wasn't trying to be open about what's going on because it was a whole group of kids you know and she didn't want to alarm anybody but basically we went to this church that was oh, a few blocks away in palmer which is where i, I currently live in palmer last with my kids and um when we got to the front door the pastor met us and he said so we're going to go up to a special a special prayer room and i was like okay that's kind of cool never you know and never been there before so we went up like three flights of steps and there was this door we opened up the door and like you need to take your shoes off we took our shoes off and then he pulled out like anointing oil and basically placed it on me 
and place it on her. And then as Doug is Doug is they're trying to get we're trying to walk with Doug into this door and he's not he's not going in the door. He's refusing to go in the door. He's like, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. And I'm like, it's okay, dude, it's okay. He's like, no, no, I can't. Like, no, I'm not going in there. It's not gonna happen. And I'm like, dude, it's all right, bro. And he's like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. And he starts to shake. Well, then the pastor is basically starts praying over him and grabs him and pulls him into the room. And basically what ends up happening is they, we end up, they end up doing an exorcism on my friend. Um, at one point, his voice changed. He was speaking in a strange language. It could not be understood. The room itself, the temperature got like so what, hot. What he was speaking like, was it like Latin or something? Uh, yeah, like Latin or, or Aramaic or something, um, just different languages. And then his voice would change octaves. And, uh, I mean, it was very hard to do. Like, I'm, That's you know, I'm like, you know, there, there was, a, I don't remember what the prayer was, but like, basically this pastor and the lady that I was with was like, no matter what we just, our part is just to keep saying this prayer over and over again. So I'm saying this prayer over and over again, and I'm holding on to him while we're praying while they're we're praying for him pastor is reciting you know the rites of the exorcism basically um you know he, he, he you know um do you know what a grand mal seizure is a grand mal seizure yeah so a grand mal seizure is like when you have like a full body seizure where like your arms and your legs will like twist behind your back so it's almost like your bones are coming out of place and you become okay, super Oh, so you, you like uh, can basically consult you know you you fucking change your body yeah. shape and stuff like that. Is that what that yeah. means? Yeah. Yeah. So like your 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 body is contorting. So as we're praying, his arms basically go from being in front of him to his sides to like twisting behind his back and popping out. And then his legs are doing the same thing, so he's all, he's getting all he's getting all cranked up, Lee, and he's you know speaking in these weird languages, and it's super hot in there, and we're just praying over him, and then and dude, on, on my life, bro, on my life, he levit started levitating off the ground, man, like literally we're i'm like so i'm like holding on to him and we're praying for him and the pastor's praying for him and this lady's praying for him and the whole ordeal probably lasted 30 to 45 minutes i would say um and then basically after all everything was said and done he was just completely wiped his body started to return to normal and then uh he said that he'd been dabbling in some dark art stuff at his parents house because he was miserable living there and he was trying to find a way out. And we basically figured out that something had attached itself to him. And so the pastor had to remove him from him. So, but, uh, did it, did it, you know, you know, when, um, when he was possessed. Yeah. Did it, did it say what entity it was? Um, so there was, so I don't personally, I don't remember if they, if they, if it had called, if he called it by a name, I just know that he kept pleading the blood of Christ over top of Doug to get, to get the thing to leave him. And then eventually it did. And you know, the thing is like, when you do that, like you have to be strong in your beliefs 
because if you're not like the entities will just like laugh at you and be like, yeah, I don't know you. Who are you? You don't have any power over me. But obviously this pastor was strong enough in his beliefs that he was able to do it. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty scary, man. A pretty frightening experience, you know, um, you know, especially, you know, young teenage guys, his best friend. And, uh, you know, I felt really, I felt really sorry for him, but I was glad that I was able to be there for him. But that's like stuff that you can't really explain, you know, like, and you can't really just go around telling people that stuff because they'll think you're crazy <laughs> normally, you know, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, most people, the most people, narrow minded people, like, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, it was pretty, pretty, in, a pretty intense experience, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, you throughout, throughout the years growing up and becoming a father, you know, I, I, I have two children. I have a 17 year old son, 13 year old daughter. And, uh, my daughter, when she was like, uh, four or five years old, um, she started seeing hat man in her room. You know what hat, hat man is? Hat man is in uh, shadow people. Hat man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, there was a good documentary that came out a few years ago about sleep paralysis and kind of like uh, the things that people see when they can't move their bodies and stuff. Um, like, so you're like you're in that state where you can't move but you're awake and like you're yeah. seeing what's going on around you and you can like see like uh, shadow people. Um, she used to wake up in the middle of the night and run into uh, me and my ex-wife's room screaming of seeing the man in the hat and uh, that she didn't want. Fucking hell, man. I mean, it, it was I'll tell you what. That, that must have been, been... Must have put the old uh, terrifying street down your spine. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty scary. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you know, you get four year old daughter, you, you feel pretty helpless. You like, you go in a room, you turn the lights on, check under the bed. You know, you look in the closet. You do the, you know, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in there. You know, if if you really want to, you can sleep with me and mom again. But it went on for quite a while. It was like five or six instances where she saw him to the point where she would come in our room to go to sleep, and she would she would just start staring at the end of our bed, and she's like he's right there right now. And I'm like, what? Well, and of course we didn't see him. So she's like pulling the cover up over her head and she's like, dad, make him go away. And I'm like, you know, you need to leave, you know, you can't be here. And uh, eventually she stopped seeing him, but um, she started uh, sleepwalking after that. She was about, uh, I don't want to say, I want to say about six months later, she started sleepwalking really, really bad (laughs) one night. I mean, this is a little bit more funnier, this one, but one night, uh, me and some friends were sitting in the living room watching like a horror movie late at night. It was uh, probably like Ring or something like that. Maybe Ringu, the the Japanese yeah. version of Ring. And oh, Japanese one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here comes my here comes my like four year old daughter walking into the into the living room and just like a blank stare on her face. And I'm like, "Are you okay, honey?" And she doesn't say anything. And I'm like, "Sweetie, are you okay?" And like, you know, I was like, okay, maybe she's sleepwalking. And I remember like when somebody's sleepwalking, you don't want to wake them up because it'll freak them out. So I pick her up and I'm going to carry her back to her room to lay her back down in bed. And she just screams, I got to pee really, really loud in my face. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, let's go to the bathroom. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and she she slept walk for the, a period of uh, probably a good year of her life where she would wake up in the night and just like start making like um like it was like a racetrack in the living room where she would just walk around in circles a whole bunch and then go back to her bedroom and then go back to bed. So that was a pretty pretty crazy experience. Um the same the same place where she saw Hatman. Uh so so there's this building in Palmer called the Palmer Arms and it's a really old building and when it first opened up it's it's a big apartment building, okay? And so everybody's got their own apartments and then it's set it's broken up into three sections with three separate doors, both on the front and the back. And then everybody shares a washer and dryer downstairs. There's a whole set of washer and dryers, you know, they're coin operated. And so uh, when it first opened up, apparently it was like the place to move into uh, back in the 50s or 60s here in Palmer, I believe. I'm not sure about the date, but uh, I was told that it was like upper class place to live. Well, when we moved in there, it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't horrible, but like the rent was good. You get a three bedroom apartment for, you know, under a thousand bucks. I'm like, this is, this is a pretty good deal, you know, and we, we pretty much kept to ourselves, but over the years, lots of bad stuff apparently had happened in the Palmer arms. And so um, there was a lot of residual energy going on around uh, the building. So when, you know, you know, residual energy, Lee, is that when the um, negative energy? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, it it builds up, so it's like bounce off the walls. Um, so, yeah. like, uh, yeah. you hear noises, maybe slight, slight things will move, things like that. So when we when we when we first moved into the Palmer Arms, we were on the far right side of the building, and we'd gotten. This, you know, two, uh, I think it was a two bedroom apartment because it was just me and Brandy, which is the mother of my children and my son, Justin. He's a very, very small. He's an infant at the time, actually. Um, and we were told that the guy that lived in that apartment actually had lived in that apartment for like 20 years. And then he died in that apartment. He loved that apartment. He didn't want to leave it. And he was a, a big time a smoker. So apparently he liked to go in the bathroom and sit down on the toilet and smoke cigarettes. And what we didn't know was apparently this guy died in the bathroom smoking a cigarette. That's where they found him keeled off the side of the commode in the bathroom. All right. So, uh, okay, that's good to know now. But we would go in the bathroom and every time we would go in the bathroom, it would smell like there was a fresh lit up cigarette. Every single time. Now we have, so there's not any smoking going on in our house. And then to make matters worse, if you look down, <laughs> on the floor, the tile floor, uh, which is like that faux tile, so it's real, real thin, so it can like break real easy or crack or burn real easy. There was a burn mark from the cigarette from when he keeled over. So yeah, so so uh, so the first apartment that we had in the Palmer Arms, we had dealing with either a the spirit of the dude who decided to live his life there and die, who was a cigarette smoker, or some residual energy thing kind of going on. But people in the apartment building would always talk about how they would hear strange noises and there was banging that they couldn't explain. Well, after a few years, we moved over to the far right side of the building because it was a bigger apartment and we had our daughter coming along the way. So we needed a three bedroom instead of a two bedroom, right? Um, and we made like, really- Right, the op opposite side of the premises. Yeah, 
Yeah. So like it, yeah. if you look at the building, it would be, it's cut into three sections. You got the right side and it has, you know, it's, uh, there's a basement area and then there's two other levels. So there's the middle level and the higher level. And we originally were on the middle level on the right side. And then we moved all the way over to the far left side. Um, and we went to the very top floor on the corner apartment on the far left. And my friend Scott um, lived in the middle section of the building. And these are just a couple quick stories about him and what we experienced with him and with some residual energy. Um, so first of all, his, his, he had a young son and his son would, you know, always play in his room, you know, imaginary friend type stuff, you know, I'm coming over to the visit with him. We're like playing a little PlayStation, you know, visiting, shooting shit, listening yeah. to music and whatnot. And one day his son runs out in the living room with him and Scott there. And he's like, dad, dad. And Scott's like, yeah. And he's visually upset. And like, what's going on? He's like, dad, I just don't want to play with the little boy in my, in my closet anymore. And Scott's like, what'd you say? And he's like, I don't want to play with the little boy in my closet anymore. So like he, he goes into the, you know, the closet. Of course, there's nothing there. But Sebastian was, was, I mean, he was very scared. He's like, I don't want to play with him anymore. He's scaring me. And so, uh, so we believe that there was a haunting of a small child in Scott's apartment of, of a small child who, for some reason, A, couldn't move on or it could have been a, man- a malevolent spirit. Well, one day I was hanging out with Randy and, uh, and uh, my son, Justin, and Ashlyn is, I think, I don't know, probably two, maybe, maybe two years old. Um, and we, the walls aren't very thick in the apartment building. So start to start to hear Scott coming up the stairs talking because you could hear because there's a little you know you open up the door there's a small hallway and then you have your living room so you could hear what's going on in the hallway and so like you know it's like walking upstairs walking upstairs talking outside of my door and then nothing he doesn't knock i don't hear anything else i give a few minutes and i call him i go hey scott i go uh hey how come you didn't come over he goes what do you mean i go i well, dude, I, I heard you in the hallway, and then, like, you came up to my door, I thought you were going to come in, and then you didn't. And he's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, well, yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, I can I very plainly hear you talking in the hallway, coming up the stairs, the sound of your stomping up the stairs with Sebastian, and then getting ready to go to my door and open it up and come in. And he's like, dude, I'm in Wasilla. Like, for how long? He's like, all day. I've been in Wasilla. Wasilla's like, 25 minutes away from where we live like no way man come on he's like no dude he's like ricky i've been wasilla i've been in wasilla all day i'm like are you kidding me right now like we just, i just fucking heard you in the hallway with your kid coming up the stairs with your voice and everything and you're telling me that you're not well i basically just was like this has got to be some residual energy you know from like all the things that have happened all the yeah, different emotions yeah. just building up and like you know, coming into some form of corporeal form so that they can express themselves. And, uh, you know, there was, you yeah. constantly yeah. hear like people stomping out in the hallway, nobody there. You'd open up the door, nobody's there. You know, you'd hear a voice, you'd hear somebody right side of, outside of your door, there'd be a knock, you'd open it up, there's absolutely nobody there. It's just like, wow, man. See, you know, now, crazy stuff. Do you know what, I, I've always wanted to go somewhere and hear something with my own ears, I'll see something with my own eyes, and it's never happened yet. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how, how old yeah. are you leaving, are you asking? 44. 
Oh, wow, man. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know why I've, I, I, I'm guessing it's probably because of my, when I was, you know, younger, my strong belief system, maybe it's just like with everything that I learned on that side, you know, like the veil, I've always been closer to like, I guess what you'd call the veil or something. But I mean, a lot, I mean, a lot of it, I can't explain it. And some of it, honestly, I wish, you know, has, hasn't happened or I haven't seen um, yeah, sometimes yeah. to sleep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So those are, you know, that's what happened when we lived in the, in that house. Well, so fast forward, I'll fast forward to, um, I had a big house on, uh, uh, down uh, Kinnick, which is the other end of town. It's in Wasilla. And me and Brandy were still married at the time, and we had both our kids. Um, and this is right before Ashlyn started doing her sleepwalking thing, by the way. Um, well, apparently, uh, the house that we moved into was a huge house. It was a, a three-bedroom, uh, big two-car garage, like gorgeous kitchen, you know, open floor plan, uh, walk-in closet, in our in our in our bathroom uh, our, uh, a bathroom in the master and then a walk-in closet and apparently we moved we moved in there we started renting from this guy and he didn't tell us that the couple that lived there before uh the wife had committed suicide in the master bedroom oh so yeah apparently she was uh very depressed and she was in a really bad place and she called her husband and he basically told her he didn't care and so she ended up um uh, seeing no other way out besides ending her life, which is very sad. I, 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 you know, I don't understand. I mean, I guess if people are in such a bad state, that the only way they can make their life better is by ending it. Then I really, really feel for them, you know, but, uh, there was always a cold chill in the master bedroom from that. Like every time you'd walk in there, it was like freezing. And if you, op- yeah. And if you opened up the closet, the, it was a big walk-in closet with, um, tons of area to put your you know your clothes and built-in drawers on the side uh you you almost couldn't even go in the closet it was it was cold it was almost sub-zero freezing cold and i live in alaska so we're used to the cold but the rest of the house stayed really really hot but that bedroom was always cold and it was freezing apparently the the lady had spent a lot of her time in the closet um dealing with her major bouts of depression and then when she finally killed herself she killed herself in her bed which was basically the same area where we put our ma- our bed in our master bedroom so oh right. uh, really really scary i mean you know like when you walk into a room and all of a sudden you just get goosebumps like you get the goose flesh on your arms do, do you know and, the only thing I, i'm familiar with rick is uh shadow people i don't know i've never seen anything else you, you you ever walked into an area and had a feeling about it and like you get the like the, the goosebumps on your skin and then like oh, uh, I've, I've had I've had that yeah I'm just saying I'm not um, I've had that yeah um so so yeah it was uh it was that was pretty crazy we were there for about I don't know I think we lived there for about two years before we moved out of there but that room was always perpetually cold we had I remember we had to buy one of those space heaters you could plug up in your room so that you could turn it on so that you'd have extra heat in your room when it got too cold, but it was always too cold. So we always had to have the space heater on. And I never felt comfortable, comfortable going and um, going in that walk-in closet. I just always had a bad feeling about it. And then it's funny, like 
our landlord didn't tell us that that happened until we were getting ready to move. And then I said, you know, this is something you need to divulge to renters that there was a suicide in this home. And he's like, well, people probably won't want to rent from me. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure like there's a law where if somebody kills themselves in a place that you own, you've got to let people know before they move in. But he didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a law or anything about it, but I definitely think that that's something you should probably tell renters. Yeah, you, <laughs> like, you should, you should, should tell, you should tell, tell yeah, should you? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but you definitely want to know what I would anyway. Not yeah. make a difference, but... I mean, I, I think I think if I would have known that people died in that house, I probably wouldn't have moved my family in there. That's for sure. I would have told them, yeah, I think we're going to keep looking for other places. <laughs> yeah, but, I fully agree with you. I think that it all depends on your circumstances, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what. <sighs> so, so, you know, I was... Uh, I was about 16 years old and I had a really good friend named uh, Stacy and she's uh, unfortunately passed now, but um, me and me and her and her daughter and her boyfriend, the the father of her child uh, decided it was a wintry day. So we got a lot of snow on the ground. Right. And we go for this drive and we're driving out towards the Talkeetan area, which is the outskirts of Wasilla. So it's, it's a ways out. We they'd gone out there cause they wanted to go see one of their friends who, Apparently, I didn't know. They didn't know. They'd only been over to this friend's house a couple times, so they didn't know the area that well. And so we're driving off towards some back roads, and we, we, we come and we, you know, and this is a couple miles off of the main highway. So it, this is rural area, Lee. And in Alaska, people are pretty private, so they have, like, um, no trespassing. Uh, you know, violators will be prosecuted uh signs like uh, we we don't call the cops we just shoot <laughs> you know stuff that'll make people really uncomfortable right <laughs> yeah here i am i'm 16 years old and we're driving down this rickety road i'm like you sh- guys you sure you know where we're going they're like yeah yeah dude, it's okay we, we think you know it's just right down the road not too much further i'm like yeah but you said that a couple you know a few minutes ago we're, we keep driving we're getting further off of the main highway and the road's getting worse and worse anyways uh we end up getting stuck uh, on this on this little rickety road because because there's so much it gets so deep that we can't the car the wheels just start spinning and we managed to get the car turned around so that we're facing so that like if we were to get unstuck we could just drive straight out the way that we came right instead of going the other way but we can't get any further so you know Stacy has her her baby and you know there's there's her you know her old man and then there's me. And it's like, what are we going to do? And they're like, and by this time, it's it's pitch dark out, Lee. So this is winter. It's dark. It's cold. It's nasty weather, right? We're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, super uncomfortable situation, but it's going to get cold, you know. I mean, there's a car. They can stay warm, but, I mean, how much gas you have, you know, you think about the weather. So, uh, you know, I'm like, what, sh- what should we do? And Stacy's like, well, one of us is going to have to get out of the car and try to walk to the highway and flag somebody down to help us and i'm like well you guys are you know uh, you know you're a couple with a child so i i i, I guess i guess i'm gonna have to go <laughs> and uh 
I'm really uncomfortable about it because, like I said, we're in the middle of nowhere and it's super dark out. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just start, I just start walking down the road, you know. And it, and like I said, we're quite, we're a few miles back down this dark, this dark area road, these little roads, and like, you know, as we're driving in, it wasn't dark, so you could see the signs about like no trespassing. So I know, like, I'm not going to be able to go to anybody's houses or anything. And the thing is, like. You get that sign, but you don't have a house. You don't see a house. You just see that sign and you see a rickety driveway with maybe there's a house way down there. Maybe there's not. Who knows? You know, this area, I don't know this area at all. So super uncomfortable. And, uh, and I, I was raised in a Christian household um, and I wasn't really following anything, but I was like, you know, I'm, I, I just started saying like, inner monologue, like I'm really scared right now. It's really dark. I, if something could just help me get through this, I would really appreciate it. And all of a sudden, from underneath my feet, a light starts to glow, like a like a, a bright luminescent light. It's pitch dark. It's dark everywhere, right? It's dark on the left of me, dark on the right of me, dark in the front of me. And then this light starts to illuminate a path in front of me. I'm like, is there is there a car coming? What's going on here, right? So I turn around. There, there's no light. There's nothing. There's nothing behind me. Just darkness. Okay. All right. So I turn back around. I start walking again, and the light appears. So I just keep walking. That's where it's at. What's going on? You know, I turn around again. Every time I turn around, there's no light leak. There's nothing behind me. There's no light sources whatsoever. But in front of me, as long as I keep walking straight, there's a path that's illuminated for me so that I can see where I'm going. So, like, you know, like I, I, I'm – not as uncomfortable yeah. as what I'm saying. So, I mean, I made it, I made it out of those, you know, plus miles onto the main highway. And I flagged, flagged some guy down driving in a truck finally. And, uh, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, like me and my friends, we were driving out this way. We ended up getting stuck. I was like, is there any way you can help pull us out? And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. He's like, he's like, it's a really good thing that you saw me. He's like, it's just, you know, pretty late. It's dark. You guys are, you know, in the middle of nowhere. He's like, you know, this is not the greatest of areas. And as he's driving me to go find to get to them, he's like, dude, nobody lives back here. He's like, you guys would have been stuck back here to find me off the main road. He's like, there's no telling how long that you guys would have been stuck back here because nobody ever comes back here at all. And I was like, whoa. So, you know, I feel like something was looking out for me. Something wanted to make sure that I was able to get to the road in order to be able to, I mean, because mainly like it was about the fact that there's a child in this car, you know, like I was more worried about, about their, their child than I was about myself, but scared at the same time fact that I'm in the middle of nowhere, Alaskans friendly, but don't really like being bothered. (laughs) So I mean, even like trying to fly people down in the middle of the night, like some weirdo kid, like waving like a lunatic off of a main highway, you know, (laughs) I can only imagine how bad the scene could have been, but, um, from the guy who like picked me up, but, uh, yeah, we ended up making it out. Okay. And I, I told them about what happened and they're like, yeah, right, dude, there's no way. And I was like, bro, I couldn't see anything. I was like, if it wasn't for that, my fucking feet man you know That's and like crazy, yeah. we have aurora borealis you know like you know one of my first thoughts was like what's going on here like is aurora borealis going on we got the northern lights nope there's no northern, no northern lights it's pitch dark i'm in the middle of nowhere 
I'm super creeped out and uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden this light just starts pouring out from underneath my feet to like light this path saying basically like, it's going to be all right, dude, you're going to make it where you need to go. You know? So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's just, it's been crazy that way. Sure. Well, so what's, uh, what's the, are you near the Alaskan Triangle? Um, so I know about the Alaska Triangle, but we're not, we're not in the Alaska Triangle. Um, it's a little bit, uh, of a ways up from us. Uh, right. I think, right. yeah. Um, hello, mate. Hello. Can you, can you, can you still hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, so I apologize. Uh, my, my phone was ringing. I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. Um, so so okay, I, spent, I spent some time in Ketchikan, uh, which is an island off of, because uh, you mentioned the Alaska Triangle. So I spent some time in Ketchikan, uh, which is an island off of Alaska. I spent about six weeks there away from my family. And um, nothing real strange ever happened to me, but I did meet a writer who uh, had, who had met, Sas uh, met Sasquatch a few times, had seen Sasquatch a few times. Uh, like a Bigfoot, and he'd really? written a book. Yeah, he'd written a book about it. It's called the Raincoat, the Raincoat Sasquatch, I believe is what the name of the book is. Um, and he would talk about going out in the woods, and like you, you could like bang on a tree, and then you'd hear like the 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 same pattern that you banged on the tree not too far away from you. And he would communicate back and forth a little bit here and there with Sasquatch, and he'd written a few books about it. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So we definitely have that kind of like Wendigo Sasquatchy kind of stuff going up here um, in in Alaska. I personally haven't ever seen anything, but I thought it was pretty interesting how like I was here, I was in Ketchikan, away from my family, didn't know anybody. You know, I was there to uh, I was there to close down a business that was going out of business, and I'd been asked by my employers to go there to take care of it. Um, and uh, here I just meet this guy out of the blue and then turns out like he's an accredited author that has a few books. And, you know, he's been dealing with, uh, you know, the paranormal Sasquatch and stuff for quite a few years. So that's pretty interesting. You know, right. I have. Uh, what does he, what does this, this book say that Sasquatch is? Uh, what was that, Lee? What, what does this, the, the dude want? Uh, Think Sasquatches? Oh, uh, what do you think Sasquatches? Oh, oh, me? Oh, uh, um, I believe I believe in different realms. So I think that um, Sasquatch is uh, an entity from that can kind of cross in and out of our where our reality whenever uh, they choose to, and I think that's the reason why we don't see them. Um, I believe I don't. I have a hard time believing in aliens, but I do believe in entities. You know what I mean? I do believe yeah, that. Um, yeah. And I do believe also in like lowercase gods, like the low, like not like not the big G, but like lowercase G's. And maybe that's how they've survived all this time is by changing the way they look and like kind of doing their own thing away from society, realizing that we wouldn't know what to think about them. And so they only come out in short spurts and then they kind of disappear and kind of do their own thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I, I definitely believe in realms and I believe in, I think frequency is really important and I think we're on a frequency and I think that these things are on a different frequency. And sometimes they're frequent, they can, they can choose to have their frequencies pass over to where we are, but most of the time they choose not to. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? What about you? How, how, what's your feelings about Sasquatch? Uh, do you know, all right. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, can, I can understand you saying what you've just said. Um, and I, I'm leaning towards that way, but I don't know. I don't know, mate. Uh, fucking hell. I, I feel like the the main problem that I have, like, is when weird stuff happens, everybody, there's a, there's a huge amount of community that always wants to chalk it up to, like, oh, it's aliens, it's aliens, it's aliens. And that's a big banner theme for all these different things that are going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> As opposed to, like... Mate, it's, uh, it's all fast, fascinating to me. I, mean, I love it. Yeah, to think that we're like the only thing that's ever existed in this plane is pretty, pretty silly. But I don't think I would chalk it up to being an extraterrestrial. I think I would chalk it up to is it's something that lives in a different dimension or a different frequency, and those frequencies can pass over to ours. Um, and who knows how many different species there is? You know, different. You know, I mean, I. I mean, it's uh, it's limitless. To think that we're the only thing that's going on is is pretty silly. I think personally. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. But I know. yeah, I mean, I, I, I've uh, I, like it's been uh, it's been a crazy crazy year so far on this earth, and my my eyes have been opened up so much to just so many possibilities. I mean, like you know, when you're when you when you when you're raised in a religious home. You know, you're, you know, you're brought up to like divination and energy and, um, you know, all like the, the, you know, the occult, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's hidden, you know, all that stuff is hidden. It's all bad. But then you start oh, to, you, to be, go ahead. Did you do, notice it in the church you was in? Before? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, it was really, it was really, uh, all, anything that wasn't like, that wasn't like their teachings was wrong when I was growing up, you know, like you couldn't, you couldn't right. delve into anything outside of what they wanted to teach you, you know, and my, and my mom, my mom is an amazing lady, but she was a, you know, she was a hippie when she was younger. And, um, she, so she was a real strong faith-based lady. She still is. Um, but I always delved into the other side of things. I've always been attracted to the occult. I've always been attracted to, um, what can't be seen, you know? I mean, it says faith is the believing of the unseen. Well, all this stuff is unseen. So it's, it's, a, it, I mean, it could be, I mean, it, it's all, it could be all, you know, it could be all faith-based, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's believing and believing and, you know, realizing that, you know, we don't, we don't honestly have the answers, you know? And I, over the years, I mean, I've delved so much into all the different avenues and like, you know, we, there's, Thankfully, there's a lot of awesome podcasts out there that can give you information. They can open up your mind. Yeah, there's some really good ones in the vein. Uh, I mean, I mean, first of all, dude, right off the bat, occult rejects, New York Patriot. Oh Lord. yes, yes. They are so awesome. Like I, 
I, I just can't get enough, dude. I've learned so much from those guys. They're, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're really something. On Kessel Cottle, you know, the, the, <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, you know, the, the, the Shriners and everything. I mean, we have Shriners here in Alaska. You know, I grew up and, you know, I, you know, the Shriners are at the fair every single year. You know, you have a different understanding of these things once your minds are open, but like, they're just a wealth of knowledge. Those guys seriously are on yeah. top of the game. There's, any, the... there's not really much they can match them, man, honestly. No. And, uh, no. You know, they, they deserve, you know, all the respect from the things that they're teaching. And like, at, you know, it, I mean, and it could be, it could have been detrimental, the things that they've taught, you know, that they've taught us, you know, from the, you know, what the, the secret societies that they've been part of, those people don't take too kindly to their things coming out. So, you know, kudos to Yeah, you know, for, you know, sharing like, the people. Truth hurts, mate. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, uh, so I've done a bit of psychedelics in my life. Uh, would you want me to tell you a couple of my different oh, stories? Oh, yes. Very nice. Yes. Um, I was like, I was like 16, probably 16, 17 years old, you know. Uh, well, first of all, I started smoking, I started smoking marijuana when I was about 14 years old. And um, that was my main thing. You know, I mean, I, I took care of business. I went to school and whatnot, but I, I still smoked quite a bit of weed. And then... Um, I, then I was like, you know what? I want to branch out. And I, I was never like, I never wanted to try any hard drugs, you know, but I was always like, I was always interested in psychedelics. And so, uh, so I've done a fair bit of, uh, of acid and a bunch and quite a bit of mushrooms actually. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, so I was like 17, 16, 17 years old. And, uh, I was hanging out with some friends down at the lake in Wasilla. And uh, I was on, I think, seven hits of high blotter acid. Do you know what that is? What is it called, mate? High, 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 high blotter acid. Oh yeah, it's like blotters. Yeah. So we would we would yeah, put it on sugar. So what you do is, you know, you'd go to your whoever your dude was, and they'd open up a tin, like probably like um, like a uh, al- you know what Altoids are? You guys have Altoids over in uh, over there uh, where you're at? No, but I know what they are. Okay, so it's like a little red tin. You open it up, and there would be there would be lines. There would be sugar cubes. It'd be full of sugar cubes. You know, do that. How many do you want? And they drop this liquid on the sugar cube, and then you would drop it in your mouth, and of course it would dissolve. And you know, you shortly after that start to trip. So we're hanging out uh, down by the lake. Have you ever heard of the Clockwork Elves before? Clockwork Elves. <sighs> I think yeah, I've not. I think I've heard of them, but I'm not 100%. So Clockwork Elves are like, uh, they're like, they're like, El- they're, so like Timothy Leary and the the originators of Acid would talk about the Clockwork Elves. They've been talked about throughout like different trips. Um, anyways, they're like little beings. Uh, I, I don't know how really, I don't really know what they are, but I was like chilling with my friends, and then all of a sudden I seen this little elf guy walk over to me and he's like hey do you want to see something cool and i was like first of all I was like, well, you're, you're you're pretty cool dude you know <laughs> he's like no no cool cooler than cooler than this i go oh sure yeah you know i'm game i'm i'm tripping my balls off i'm like what's going on here dude all of a sudden this little guy just walks over to me says what's up you know he's got like an old style outfit and everything his face is kind of crinkling and whatnot but i mean i grew up on fantasy movies and sci-fi so i'm like all right dude i'm, I'm along for the ride this this will be pretty cool, right? And 
So I just, I basically stood up. My friend's like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I'm going to go with him. They're like, go with who? I'm like, the, the elf. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, don't worry about it. Obviously, you know, they don't know what's going on, right? Okay. They can't see him. I can, all right, whatever. Um, I was like, all right, well, come with me. So we just like, we're walking, we're walking next to the lake. And all of a sudden he, he stopped where the water hits the land on the lake. And uh, I go, well, what's up? What do you want to show me? He's like, hold on one second. And you know, like how, like you're, if you're in on a, you take a blanket and you can like throw it on a bed and you watch it kind of float down into place. And then yeah. if you were just to pull the corner back and you could see the bed. So he kind of just grabs the, where the water hits the land and like lifts it up. And as he's lifting it up, uh, well, the images basically that he's showing me is hell. It's people being tortured. Lee. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, he's like, you want to come with me? I was like, no. And he just like gives me this big smile. He's like, it's pretty cool, isn't it? And I was like, that's not cool at all, man. That's not fucking cool at all. And I'm not gonna follow you into the lake. <laughs> so at this point, I'm probably like a raving lunatic, where I turn around and just like fucking beeline it back to my friends and sit down. I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, I've seen some things. I've seen some things. <laughs> so uh. But I mean, people talk about how these clockwork elves and how they've like tried to lead them to go do things that they shouldn't do. So, I mean, in all reality, if I would have followed that 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 entity into a lake, I would have drowned, you know, because I wasn't realizing what I was doing, and I would have been walking right into the lake, you know. Okay. So, I'm glad I'm glad that that didn't that didn't happen. Um, you know, I was uh tripping. I was doing. We did some mushrooms. Uh, me and some good friends. We were out. Uh, a ways out of town and it was a, a wintry real snowy night and my buddy's mom got mad at us because because apparently he only had permission to have like two people over and there were four of us there and so we just got done eating a bunch of mushrooms and she's like you you guys need to leave go for a walk for a while and then you can come back after i'm asleep and i'm like is this the best idea i mean like well, we're probably 15 minutes away from like starting the trip we just start walking down the road and you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, you're feeling yourself cause you're on mushrooms. You're feeling really great and super mellow. And then, uh, well, then they start to kick in and I find myself on a dirt road covered in snow with my friends left me behind and I'm staring up at the sky and I'm seeing these giant celestial eagles. They're like around in the sky above me. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Well, then the talons on the eagles are tearing the sky. And as they're tearing the sky, what's coming through the tears is like if you were to take a crayon and you were going to melt it, and as you melt it, you poured it down a wall. Does that make, does that make sense? I think so, yeah. yeah. I'm watching this, these eagles swoop, claw, colors, and they're pouring down off of the sky onto the ground and then splashing up on me. So now I'm wading through a pool of colors surrounded by celestial eagles and tears in the very fabric of space and time is all I can tell. <laughs> and, and all of my friends, mind you, have left me behind. They're way up ahead of me. Every once in a while they turn around and they, hey, Ricky, you okay? And I'm literally just like, it's such a, it's such a beautiful, weird experience. I'm standing in the middle of the road crying 
smiling and laughing at the same time. Like I'm like, I go between these three, like, I'm just like, it's so beautiful. And like, it's just splashing and I'm waiting and waiting through this pool to get, try to get closer to my friends, man. That was a great, great trip, dude. It was, uh, it was pretty amazing. I finally got up to him and I was like, I, I, I managed to get my, my best friend at the time to see part of what I was seeing. He was, he was a, a native Alaskan. So he, he was very interested in the celestial eagles and said it was probably like the great eagle, like watching over us to make sure we were okay since we were out there and we were walking around and we were messed up, you know, but, uh, that was a pretty awesome experience. <laughs> um, I had a really, uh, I've had quite a few cool experiences besides the clockwork one. I had a really, really crazy one though. Um, I, I was staying with a, a family member and this was um, probably six or seven, probably seven years ago. And uh, they had made some really potent pot brownies. Have you ever had pot brownies before, Lee? Oh, yeah, I love them. Okay, yeah. We're delicious, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know what happened, but I remember I ate a big pot brownie and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get comfortable in my room and just kind of rest and whatnot. And I was laying in there in my bed and all of a sudden I started feeling like I was going to have a heart attack. And so I like, I, I, you know, stumbled into the bathroom, turned the light on. My face is like beet red. I'm like, my eyes are all like bloodshot. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. It's just pop brownies, you know? Um, and I splashed water on my face. I, I put my hand on my chest. And it's like beating out of my chest. And I'm like, Oh my God, dude, am I going to fucking, am I going to fucking die? Did I eat a pot brownie and it's going to kill me? What's going on here? You know, I don't understand. So I, I stumble down the stairs the best way I can put it without falling. And I find my, my, uh, uh, the friend that I was living with his, her, her husband. And I say, you know, bro, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now, but like, uh, yeah, I'm freaking out really bad. And he's like, Oh dude, you're just, you're just really, really, really high. I'm like, man, I've been high before. This isn't happening. He's like, he's like, I think you're having an anxiety attack. And I was like, Really, he's like, you just have to keep convincing yourself that that you're high and this will go away. So yeah. he's like, you know, let's go out in the let's go out in the garage, let's go out in the garage and smoke a cigarette. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that sounds that sounds pretty great, you know. Maybe that'll help. You know, I'm trying to think of what will help, what will help with this situation to make it better because I'm freaking out, right? And uh, so I sit down in this chair, I start smoking a cigarette, and then the floor around me fucking disappears. And then it's just, it's just spirals and like sacred geometry. Uh, uh, um, do, do you know what shape, uh, sacred geometry? It's like um, different symbols, you know, combined and like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know a bit, a little bit. Uh, it's fucking fascinating, mate. I started falling through these, these different designs to so the sacred geometry. Like oh, I was. Fucking out there down a hole that I couldn't I couldn't get out of and like each one every time I went through a different design it was plucking a part of who I was out of my mind so then I I came up with the thought of if I can hold on to my kids' names I'll be okay and I'll make it through this all right and I'm like I'm falling through one and then there goes my childhood I'm falling through another and there goes like my my mom's mind my mom's name who my mom was my dad my brothers all of this while everything is swirling around me and I keep falling and falling and falling, but I keep holding on to my kids' names in order to remember how to get back. And it's like it stripped every bit of who I was as a person down to just being pure energy. 
and then it pulled me back up through. And the one thing that saved me through the experience was like remembering, you know, that I have a son and a daughter and what I, what I was going through, you know, I mean, I was literally fall. I felt like I was falling foreverly and it was just the swirls and the different designs. And it was like pulling every little piece of me apart. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty scary. And then I was like, I don't understand why this is happening just from a pot brownie. But then I was like, maybe I ended up, you know, accessing something inside of my body from all of the psychedelics that I'd done in the past. And it made, you know, part of it. Cause you know, like they say that like, um, strychnine lives in your, in your back, you know, like it, it like after, like if you crack your back, you, you could like, some of it can get released and you could have like a small, does that make sense? Like a small like trip, not a full on trip, but I, I don't know why that happened. So I feel like it must've been a spiritual thing with, um, because from eating, eating a pot brownie, that shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends how strong you were. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm about. Uh, I'm about two, two sixty, two seventy, uh, six foot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a. Uh, I mean, I and the whole. I mean, I told. I told my friend what was going on, and he's just like, dude, I wish I was on your trip right now. I don't understand, you know, and he's. I can just hear his voice in the background as I'm falling, you know, like I'm like, this is what I'm seeing right now. And he's like, Whoa, dude, that's insane, bro. Like, you know, like he's chain smoking cigarettes apparently while his best friend is like falling down a <laughs> endless tunnels of thought and imagination, I'm guessing. So, okay, no. but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ended up coming back from that. Uh, I didn't feel right for like two days, man. Literally. Like I, I, that sounds fucked up that way. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a very crazy experience. I, yes. I, to be honest, I haven't done, I haven't done any edibles since because I, I'm worried that I'll have a, a similar experience. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you have some more, right? And then you'll know then, no, then, then you'll know if you do. You know, yeah, you'll know. I, I, you know, one of these days I'll muster up the courage and I'll be able to. Uh, Take some edibles. If if it happens, I'll definitely let you know uh, if uh, any of that crazy stuff ends up happening to me again. Yeah, so. please, you've got to go let us know. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely would. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a lot, you know, just a lot of experiences in my life. I mean, you know, I think that all that's, it's all out there. You just have to, um, Sometimes it's it's a matter of wanting to see it. Other times it's a matter of it wanting you to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a bit, bit of both, isn't it, really? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do if I was in Bigfoot. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I what really I would do. I, 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 you know, they might be terrifying, aren't they, some of them? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've seen furs and stuff living in Alaska. I've seen moose and, and wolf and fox and stuff like that. But I, I've never, I've never seen a Bigfoot. But that that guy that I met in Ketchikan was very interesting, and he had some good stories about what he did experience. Uh, oh, Ricky, what's his name? Uh, I, I just remember. I think it was called the Raincoat Bigfoot. Was the name of his book. I think it was it was um, the Raincoat rain, rain, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Or raincoat Sasquatch, one of the two. It's been it's been a while. It's been a few years now. So, 
Raincoat Sasquatch. Yeah, Raincoat Sasquatch. Is that is that it? Uh, it says Raincoat Sasquatch, the Bigfoot Sasquatch records of Southeast Alaska. Yeah, Coastal yeah, British Columbia. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I mean, I got a couple more quick stories if you want me to. If you want me to tell a couple more yeah, things. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. I was just kind of like, I tried to put together a list of stuff I thought you might, you know, be interested in and maybe the listeners would want to listen to. So, um, so my, 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 this one's about my mom, but it's, it's pretty cool actually. Uh, it's about like, even after people are gone, how they can still come back to check on their loved ones. So, uh, my grandfather passed away and he was, uh, lived in Iowa. So my mom had to go down there to, uh, to stay to, to to be there for like basically the funeral on the lake and whatnot, and um, Grandpa always had a huge roll like like a, a, a ring with all his keys on it, like with a lot of re, with a lot of keys. He was a farmer, so he had a lot of keys. He had a lot of farming equipment, yeah. and um, never went anywhere without his his key you know his key ring basically. And um, they were all just kind of sitting around the house um, the night before his funeral after my mom got down there and uh my mom and her brother decided that they were going to go get some go get some ice cream for the family you know because they were sitting there um couldn't find the keys anywhere like look you know look in the drawers they're always hanging on the little hook next to the front door so that was weird that they weren't there so she's like kind of walking around can't find the keys like looking in the house can't find the keys look like looking you know i mean they're po- practically tearing this house apart to find these keys so they can go into town real quick and grab some ice cream and they can't find them so so all right well i guess this isn't going to happen tonight so they decided to go just go to sleep you know i mean it's getting later you know they hang out whatever watch tv till it's bedtime and then the following morning on the counter on the very edge of the counter is that key ring and every single key is standing up on end and balanced on the counter. So with all these keys that's really heavy, that should just be laying on its side, right? Unless it's attached to something and it's being held standing up, like not waving or anything. And they feel like maybe grandpa, it was grandpa basically saying that they shouldn't have gone anywhere that night because they were so upset that maybe something bad could have happened. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so... Grandpa was Catholic, and it, it's customary, um, like when a, a member of the family passes away, that the mem- that the Catholic people in the church will bring over meals. So throughout the week, because the family, so the family doesn't have to cook. Um, and I'm not Catholic, so I, I'm not sure, but that's what my mom told me. Right? She used to be Catholic. She grew up Catholic, and um, so there was not there'll be a knock there. I guess there was like a knock on the door. And like they opened the door and there's like nobody there. And I guess that happened like five or six times in the same night and there was nobody there. And they were like, grandpa just wanted them to know that he was still there watching over them and just kind of hanging out outside of the house and making sure things ran smooth, you know, during the transition of him passing away. So that was pretty, pretty interesting too, that he was yeah, you know, making yeah. his presence known to his, his kids and his, um, his second wife. So when I was, uh, I think I talked to my brother about this one. He reminded me about it. I, I, it, was, it was a little bit, this one was a little hazy for me, but he, well, I was talking to him about a week ago and I was just visiting him about how, you know, it's going to be coming on the show and I was you know talking about paranormal stuff. And, and he's like, do you remember when we went to that, 
when we uh, got directed to that gas station in the middle of the night in Anchorage. And I was like, yeah, kind of. And he's like, he's like, so he tells me it was like in the winter and we were in Anchorage and we were younger with my mom and my sister. And we came across, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. First of all, let's say that. And we came across this gas station and we went inside. My mom put like a few dollars in the tank, I think. And like was, trying to get us something to drink and then we go inside and then the lady who was behind the counter was like oh don't worry about it we'll take care of you and told us kids to go ahead and grab whatever we wanted off the shelf and i was like wow that's really cool that's very generous my mom was like thank you you know god bless you blessings for you and your family and uh kind of helped us out in a bad spot basically you know gave us some food made sure that our car got filled up so we could get where we were going so like a week goes by and my mom decides that she wants to go back and thank the gas station lady. She got paid. And uh, so we, we drive back to the location where the gas station was. And it was just a, it was an empty gas station. There was no food on the shelves. There was the pumps, the pumps weren't working and they hadn't been for some time. So it was right. like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if we like, if it was a different dimension or if it was a ghostly thing that happened, but I mean, who knows, but basically we, I mean, we went to that gas station, the nice lady behind the counter gave us food, put gas in our car so that we could make it home safe. And, uh, apparently it hadn't been open in some time and it looked like it had been closed for a long okay, time. That's, that's creepy that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 just, a, just a little bit. <laughs> so, I yeah. about that, mate. I, I don't really know how to feel about that one because I, you know, I didn't really remember it that well. And then Jed started talking about, it, and then all of a sudden coming. <laughs> Jed, 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 that's my brother. He's 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 awesome. Uh, Want to give him a shout out for sure. And uh, you know, I was like, he said, "Did you you remember the gas station?" And I was like, "Yeah, kind of." And then he started talking about, it. I was like, "I do remember that." And then he's like, and then when we went back, his mom wanted to thank him and give him some money for helping us out. There, it wasn't there anymore. Like the building was there, but it wasn't open. It hadn't been open in some time, and you know, through the windows, you could see that there was nothing on the shelves. It was just an empty husk of a building that had, that apparently had been closed for some time. Wow. Crazy, man. So, I mean, I definitely believe in like, um, you know, since I said I, I believe in the dimensions, you know, the different realms. Yeah. I think, I think things can cross over sometimes. Um, and not just beings, but like, um, you know, like like with the residual energy build up so that things from the past yeah. could actually yeah. translate in our current time. And it might not be able to stay there forever, but you know, it's like it can show up and then, you know, disappear again. And sometimes it's, you know, to help others, you know, obviously, you know, help people get through hard situations, you know. I, I don't believe that all that stuff that's out there is evil. Some of it's obviously good and it's looking out for yeah. others. So, yeah. I think uh, I think you're right. There's there's it's like it's, it's equal, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's just what a crazy cool world we live in. You know what I mean? Like all all the different stuff that happens and the possibilities and the things that we're learning every single day. I mean, you just have to not you just have to not be closed minded. Like it's it's so weird because it's like. You know, I, I remember it's like, would I would I give back everything that I know now from everything that I've learned? I don't think I would. I mean, things are different and I look at the world differently, but my eyes are more open than they ever were before, especially growing up, you know, 
And it's all from striving to try to find knowledge and branching off from that and learning about all the different possibilities that we have, as opposed to being closed minded and just believing that only one path works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right there. I mean, I guess that's all I really, I really got to say about it, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I'm so glad that, yeah. that we have these teachers in this alternative realm who have branched out and learned what they've learned so that they can continue to tell us. I mean, I mean, dude, people like um, uh, Gary Wayne, that guy is awesome. The Genesis Six Conspiracy. Man. Um, you know, I really yeah, uh, like that. Uh, I've got to carry on next week, actually. Oh really? Oh, not. Oh, I can't wait, man. Uh, your your shows with Gary have been have been excellent. You know, I. I oh, thank you. But yeah, it's great into. I mean, Lee, you got you got a great thing going, dude. Subconscious Realms is an awesome show. I really look forward to it. I, I, oh, thank um, you. I, I work for a, a grocery chain called Fred Meyer, and uh, I'm currently um, I'm a janitor basically on overnights, and so you know I'm by myself all night long, so I just put like an earbud in throw in podcasts and you know it's like it's like a big family you know like you and Lux and, yeah, and Anwar, yeah. you know uh, yeah. you know friends listening to friends talk and that's why I really like this platform with the podcasting is you know it kind of makes you feel at home you know and, and at the same time you're opening your mind to so much that you never even knew about before so I know uh fucking hell some of the guests you have here it's like you're in another dimension with them yeah, I yeah, completely, completely. Some of them are just yeah. for, like the information, but we've got like Gareth. Yeah, he's oh. really, really actually. Have you ever heard of? Um, do you know who Ken Ami is? What's his name? Ken Ami, A M M I. Ken Ami. He's really good too. He's like a. Uh, he's written a whole bunch of books that have to do with like pop culture and the occult. He's a really wealth of knowledge. Oh, I, I like. That no, guy. I've never heard of him, mate. And then, uh, oh, I should look him up, Lee. I think you, I think you'd like him. He's been on. Uh, you, you know who William Ramsey is? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's William been on Ramsey. William Ramsey bunch. I think that's how I originally heard about Kenami. And then, of course, I mean, you got uh, you know Isaac Weisip. Isaac Weisip is awesome. I love conspiracy cultures and unpopular theory. That guy's pretty badass. Oh yeah, he's brilliant in there. And then you know we got our. Uh, the Hollow Sky Boys, those guys are amazing, dude. They're oh, yeah. they're great. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I just I found them I found them because of uh, the confessionals with Tony Merkel with their egress episode and just like started eating up everything that they've put out. I mean, it's just like when you find one podcast that you really like, it's awesome when you find other ones that are that are similar it's that branch out. It is, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a wealth of knowledge and information completely at your fingertips, you know, and it's. It's really good to find like-minded individuals, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. This has been great, Lee. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the show, and uh, I just oh, really thanks. appreciate the opportunity to be able oh, to visit. No, it's, with you. it's been, uh, it's been great. I think you're mate. Really, honestly. Yeah. Thank, um, thank, thank, thank you again. But, uh, you know, and, out there who's listening dude listen to generally in subconscious realms because this guy is he's a fucking tits man seriously the fucking tits uh, this started Thank off you. with just an instagram like hey i like your show and it turned into me being able to visit with a buddy and a, a person that i call my friend 
you know, from from far away that I'm 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 very yeah. thankful yeah. for in my life now. Oh, thanks, so. mate. Yeah, yeah, as it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, we, we need to get uh, this guy on from, from Sasquatch book. Try and get oh yeah, on. that would be dude. That would be dope. I mean, it's been a lot of years since I I talked to him, but I mean, I'm guessing he probably would be is willing. He, is he the right? Is his name J. Robert Aller? I believe so. Yeah. It, I mean, uh, Justin was six, I think, when I went to Ketchikan, and he's almost 18 now. So it's been a while, but I bet you it would be a great episode. He was a wealth of knowledge, and the conversation that I had with him was pretty awesome. You know, it's pretty cool. Like, um, you know, just on a side note, you know, you never know. Never, don't ever judge people, you know, and uh, and be kind to those, especially people that you know that might be having a rough go. You know, I was, I just out of the blue, I was in a um, thrift store. I'll just end with this. It's just a great little story. I was in a thrift store, and there was this in front of me, and he was just looking at this wall of older DVDs and whatnot. And uh, you know, he's like, he just crouched over, kind of looking at a row, and looking at another row, and another row, and this lady comes over. And uh, she's like, see in your way? I'm like, no, no, of course not. <laughs> so we started talking, and it turns out it's an older couple that lives out in Talkeetna. And uh, he's a avid sci-fi collector of movies. And, uh, you know, like uh, just from him being in front of me, we ended up talking. And, like, this gentleman had met Stan Lee on several occasions and got his autograph, Stan Lee, from the Marvel fame. So, like, Spider-Man yeah. and Fantasy Four and kind of stuff like that. And I'm a giant geek. So I'm like immediately just like enthralled. Oh my God, what you met Stan Lee? He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I went to the second Comic-Con. I, I, I met Leonard Nimoy. And I'm like, what? Do Star Trek? This is awesome. <laughs> and, and it turns out they live out in the middle of nowhere. He's like, and I'm like, you know, talking about like, you know, seeing all these older VHS player, uh, VHS tapes. And I'm like, man, I, I don't have a VHS player anymore. He's like, you come out this come out this summer and I'll give you a VHS player. I've got a whole bunch of them. And he's like, we'll make a whole day of it. And we can hang out and play board games. And, and he's sitting here talking to me about like, all of these, you know, comic um, writers and artists that he's met and some of his experiences in life. And just people are just wealth of knowledge. It's this old, cool stoner couple that lives out in the middle of nowhere and does their own thing. And like, you would have never even known just some random guy looking at a couple of VHS tapes and DVDs in front of you turns into this like, 20 minute conversation where I'm like getting goosebumps and just like, this is all that is good in the world, man. Like this, this is just a great experience. You know, you just have to put yourself out there. You can meet all these awesome people and you can just learn from them. So. For sure, mate. For sure. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, mate, you've, you've been through some, uh, oh, witness some fucking crazy stuff really haven't you i yeah i i feel like uh it's, it's been a blessing you know to to see what i've seen and, and learned and a lot of the stuff is unexplained and um some stuff is you know really helped me out of bad spots and uh so, i think everything you know yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah and, and that day but you've shared what you've uh, experienced and, and and that's what counts isn't it I think so. You know, I, I, uh, it's cool to be able to talk about it. You know, it's funny. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about, I haven't thought about in a while and I haven't really talked to many people. Cause like what I said at the beginning was like some people, they wouldn't understand, you know, they wouldn't know where you're coming from. So, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's awesome.
have a platform to be able to talk to people who are like-minded individuals who are open-minded to the other realm of things. The subconscious realm, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, mate, nice. (laughs) Thanks, thanks Lee, again, for for bringing me on. Not a problem, Ricky, mate. Um, Yeah, do you want to let people know where they can get hold of you? Oh, I, uh, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. My name is Ricky Harrison. I'm just a normal guy. Um, he's had some cool experiences. I got kids. My kids are my whole entire life, man. They're the reason that I do everything. My kids are everything. My are amazing. You know, I just, I, um, we just recently started doing uh, dances for the kids here in the Valley and Palmer because with the whole, you know, the, thing that won't go away that we won't talk about because I don't want you to get in trouble. But um, so we're doing these, we're putting on these dances once and twice a month at this, uh, at this hall. And, you know, it's giving these kids a, a great place to go and hang out and have a good time and kind of cut loose and listen to music and hang out with their peers and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's all about giving back, you know, so I'm, I'm yeah. thankful to be part of that and to be able to see the light in my, my daughter's eyes, you know, for her to be able to go there and the enjoyment that she gets. It makes, it makes it all worthwhile, man. Kids, uh, my kids have made everything better for me and they're the reason why I am who I am. So. Yeah. They, uh, they change your life, mate, don't they? You, you got kids, Lee? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. My, my, my son's name is Justin and my daughter's name is Ashlyn. And they're my two best friends in the whole entire world, dude. You know, they're, they're just amazing. I just look at them and I just I'm filled up I'm filled up with happiness and joy. And I'm just yeah, so they're, uh, to have them. They do. You know? They're just fucking. They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, dude. They're they're so awesome. My daughter once drew drew Batman and Gotham City, and then she put it at the top of the thing. She's like, "My dad's Batman." <laughs> <laughs> and then one time she told uh, she told my mom she's like. Uh, um, she said, Jesus gave my dad to me. And I was like, wow, well, I don't think I could think of a better compliment coming from a five-year-old. Jesus gave my dad to me. That's, that's awesome. Cause all I ever wanted to be was a good father. And I think that yeah. I've, I've, I think that they're, they're happy and that their life, you know, it's a blessing. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing, right? Isn't it? That is it the is. main thing. Right then, uh, Ricky, uh, it's been a uh, fucking, an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you, Lee. I really yeah, appreciate it. Great time, dude. And I, I honestly, I could talk to you forever, dude. Honestly, I, I love you. You're great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, listen, if you want to jump on again, just let us know. Yeah, I, I definitely will, man. And I, I hope you have a great day and you take care of yourself and your family, man. Yeah.